happening. Peace to God. Peace to the universe. Welcome back to Dr. Moore and the rest of the universe. We are here at 2.44 a.m. on a Friday night um, to talk about black power, black psychology, and adding a little dark humor. Uh, welcome back, brother. Indeed. What's on your mind? Not much, bro. Um, <clears throat> sitting here going um, between watching um, this documentary. What's not a doc- Maybe it's a documentary. Well, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson. It's the newest one they put out on ABC. Ah, I wanted to see that. I've got, I got to um, check it out. Yeah. It's pretty good. So I'm watching that and going back in between that and um, this uh, Kwame Brown. Um, mm. uh, He's uh, got uh, an awakening of uh, popularity. Kwame yeah. Brown. Yeah. I, and I'm not sure. I have mixed feelings about it. Um, the episode that I was listening to um Going going back and forth was um he has Joe Brown, Jez Joe Brown on I, I saw that one and I was trying to listen to it, but um I fell asleep. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yes, yeah, so I was going in between on that one. And it's not the first time I've heard uh Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> um but you know, he always he kind of reminds me of a Dick Gregory in his latter days <laughs> when he was just always irritated, always irritable, you know, condescending and just you know, so I'm listening to him on, on the show and I'm glad Brother Kwame was able to say when he started really going in on, this is not the first time I've heard him do it, mm-hmm. but every opportunity that he some tapes. Yep. to to dog um uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, he does. He, <laughs> you know, he calls her a black, a, a whore, and she slept her way to the top. And, you know, it's it's hard for me to take that in that, you know, even if that was the case, I don't know how I see that as uplifting. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to see you as a respectable person or as a respectable black person you know, in the black community, talking about black women like that, I, I just, hmm. I, I don't, I don't understand the benefit of that. I, I don't, you know, and 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 I don't know what's behind that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and he's calling uh, uh, um, uh, uh, President Biden a uh, uh, racist and <laughs> this is this, and you know, I I don't know if if he was or if he wasn't. But what I do know that if someone is going to hold my feet to the fire about the shit that I did in my past, I mean, it, it means that I'm I'm never going to get to be different. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never going to get a chance to evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're going to hold me accountable for things that I was able to um, outgrow or grow past, but you can't let it go. I've let it go, but you can't. Hmm. Trying to hold me, you know, to those places and to those things, I I I don't know how I feel about people like that. And so, 
and I don't know what the purpose is. You know, so I, you know, I, I feel. Some... I think we experienced that with um, Dr. Khaled. The the man was was fire, and um, we loved him. But um, I wondered where he was going with some of his statements. And um, I love the all of the fire, but I, I think it's um, it's not a comparison with Judge Joe Brown, but it it's part of our discussion from last week on when do we separate from people and their um, their graduated ideologies. Now, Judge Joe Brown seemed normal on TV. In fact, I loved how tough he was on people, but now in the background of his um, personal life, we see all of these opinions that um, can go way off to the extreme. And and not serve anybody. You know, but, but now it will feed to that woke quote unquote woke audience or that anti um establishment anti-white. <laughs> you know anti-white anti-establishment anti all that I mean they love to hear that type of stuff right you know and I, again even in them loving to hear that I don't know how it benefits them I don't know what the benefit is right except for to validate their feelings right of, um you know I'm anti-government you know, all these people are, you know, um, out to get me or, you know, against uh, against black people or, or against, you know, um, they're really here to suppress you, keep you down, um, that type of thing. And so I can see I can see them and why they might like that. But again, I don't see the benefit of it. I don't see how it how if, if you're woke, I don't understand how it's uplifting. I don't understand what it's doing for you, um, beneficial, you know, beneficially. You know, I, I don't understand how you gain from that. It's ironic and disheartening that people like Dr. Collard, like Doc, um, Judge Joe Brown, who are pretty fucking intelligent and have um, good educational backgrounds or good backgrounds and research of, of what they talk about having to build an audience but yet that audience does not match their intelligence instead they match their ire or fire or anger and that is why it's not producing anything but that anger even though these men are scholarly, the audience that they attract or, or that wants to hear that tend not to be scholarly themselves, but um, somehow have found an answer to their anger and frustration. And they, there we have why it, I think it's a n- non-productive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what I do know is that there's an audience out there for you. For everything. If, 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 <laughs> yeah, if, if you're willing to entertain them, 
except for this podcast, the effing universe. <laughs> Uh, well, there's an audience. There's an audience for this podcast too, if it's <laughs> if if it's marketed correctly. Hmm. I just think that I know I have not done anything in terms of um, me either um, uh, marketing, um, but I just have so much other stuff going on. I'm hoping that right. uh, in the future that I could do something different. Um, at things free up a little bit for me, but. Mm-hmm. Um, because all it takes is just a, you know, word of mouth. A spark. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then it's a, it's a, I mean, because the show is recorded, um, I don't know if it would um, right allow people to, you know, I don't know if it's best if it's um, you know, um, live, re- live, re- live. yeah, real real time, right. or if it's based on people just going back and listening to it. Right. I think um, it would improve with the live. And I think we need to go to Instagram. But um, because we don't need to have a thousand subscribers to go live. We just need to be interesting. And we get pushed up in the algorithms that way. But not to bore the people with our um, background story. Um, we just hope that um, we can have um, an audience. Uh, one day, someday. Um, did you finish your thoughts on um, Kwame Brown and Judge Joe Brown? Yeah, pretty much. Um... It's just my um, spill on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what else is on your mind this week? Well, I, I don't even know, bro. Seven days a week, one day at a time. <laughs> I sent you a video of uh, this guy, and then I sent you subsequent video. After he was catch, captured in Richland County, South Carolina, um, apparently him and his girlfriend went on a killing spree and killed four people, one of them being the girlfriend's baby's father, who was black, and the woman is white, that's accused of these murder, murders, allegedly, is uh, white, and, and she had a second boyfriend, Tyler Terry, who seems to be quite psychologically unstable, and he helped her to commit these four murders across. Uh, Wait a minute, you said she had a you said she had a second boyfriend, right? She had a, an initial boyfriend, the baby's father, for these two kids. Okay, um, she was white; he was black. All of a sudden, she meets up with Tyler Terry, another black man, and she wants to leave the boyfriend, and uh, she ultimately winds up killing him. And um, a, 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 um, a chase, police chase ensues to apprehend the, the couple 
um, this white woman with her new black boyfriend, Tyler Terry. And during that apprehension by the police, they started shooting at the police. She gives herself up and um, the the new boyfriend, Tyler Terry, who's also black, winds up killing three people and hiding in the woods in South Carolina. So they finally found him. And that's when I sent you the court video. And I said, just look at five minutes of this video and tell me if there's something psychologically evident about this man and um, how he's acting in court, or is he just acting? I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but um, he was acting very erratic. I don't think he was acting at at all. Hmm. I think that what I saw was was real live um, um, psychological um, dysfunction. Hmm. And come to find out, and that's what took me so long to answer back. I was trying to figure out what were the other three murders, and what what did he, what is he accused of doing? But interestingly enough, I came across a video of his father. And his father says that um, he didn't grow up with his son, Tyler Terry. But what happened when he was 15, the mother sends him to live with his father in South Carolina. And that's when he gets to be a dad to this son, Tyler Terry. And he noticed even at uh, between 13 and 15, something was off about his son. Even so much so that he had to put his son in um, juvenile detention because he had set fire to a building in his, uh, even at 15 years old. And um, it was then and there in those four years of juvenile detention that uh, he didn't get the best psychological treatment that would have um, helped with his condition or psychological dysfunction. And he turned out to be this monster that uh, we see them chasing in the woods. Well, that's because that's what it made him. It made him a monster. Right. Um, that's th- what I wanted to th- talk about. So, unfortunately, these places that they send people to, like reform school, hmm. um, when they send people, particularly at these very young ages, when they send people to these reform schools or these, um, uh, what's the place you said that he, he sent to juvenile de- de- uh, detention center? You are not going to get quality. Mental health services there. Hmm. You, you, you're going to get bare minimal, if at all, um, mental health services there. So what's going to happen is it is only going to exacerbate whatever mental health issues you have because hmm. you're not you're not going to a place for mental health treatment. You're going hmm. to a place for punishment. Hmm. And so you're not 
it's it, it's not designed to help you mentally. Right. So it's only going to exacerbate whatever mental health issues you have. So they may have someone who may come in and may, you know, prescribe medication or whatever, but then you, you know, for whatever mental issues that you have. And right. I don't know what psychological issues um, that he may have faced prior to all of this. But what I do know is that when you go to these institutions like that, those institutions exacerbate whatever issues you have. So it just helped to normalize um, and increase whatever psychological dysfunction that he was having. Right. Um, in fact, you are mentally traumatized as a juvenile in these places because you have to um, um, encounter other people in survival mode and uh, it will turn you into a monster. I know the... the... It's, it's designed to turn you into a monster. Hmm. And, it's, and... It's, 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 design, it's designed that way because you have to understand that, first of all, the way that your mind cognitively develops, mm -hmm. your mind cognitively doesn't fully develop until you're like 25. Right. So if you're facing traumas like that at those young ages, the way that your brain is going to develop is not going to be normal and healthy. Right. If, you, if you're seeing people get raped and molested and beat up and hurt and killed mm. constantly, and you're having to sleep, you know, right, um, next to it. right next to it and, you know, watch person, watch a person use the bathroom in the same room with you, you know, every <laughs> night, every day. If you're constantly bombarded with this as a kid, forget what your adulthood looks like. Hmm. Forget what your adulthood looks like because it's not going to be normal. Because you're, you, you're not going to get to adulthood hmm. mentally and psychologically. You're not going to get there. Hmm. You're going to stay stuck in, child, in, in that childhood trauma. Hmm. It's going to be during the impossible for you to break from that. One, one, I, I, you know, even, you know, even if I personally like self-disclose, one of the, one of the biggest things that I think that I face, you know, as an adult, as a parent, as a husband, is that I never got the opportunity. I feel like I never got the opportunity to be a child. Right. Right. You know, I feel like I, you know, I had to grow up very, very early. I had to take on responsibilities very, very early. So right. I am a very much a non no nonsense type of person. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm probably not the person that's going to make small talk with you right. for that long. You know, if it's not a serious conversation, probably not going to engage in it that long. Hmm. You know, if it's not rational, like even though, even though like I like sports and all that stuff, I, I'm pro I can engage with you, with you, but so long, but when mm -hmm. you start quoting stats and all that other stuff, <laughs> like I probably don't care because right. my mind doesn't work like that. Now, what's interesting or what's funny to me when I think about it is, like, I don't hold stats in my brain like that, mm -hmm. but I do hold dates and mm -hmm. black history in my mind like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can easily think about 1921, 1941, mm -hmm. Brown versus Board of Education, 1954, 
you know, I can I can remember, you know, certain things like in black history, like mm-hmm. I, those stats stick out of my head. You know, what Michael Jordan did in 85, 89, I mean rings he wanted what I man, look, <laughs> you know, is, is he better than Kobe? Man, look, I don't care. I don't, you know, <laughs> what so what? Yeah, yeah, you know, you you man, I'm not gonna argue with you, bro, about that. I mean, mm-hmm. you think Kobe better, you think Jordan better? I mean, at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, my mind is so logical. Right. Like I want to make sense of it. That, right. that, that you know, that, that doesn't make sense. That that's not a logical argument to me. I think that that's a preference argument. Hmm. You know, what was interesting about uh, this conversation um, is the absence of of a father figure. Um, not just with you, but even the videos that you were sent sending me were about um, the, the trauma of not having a father. It, it doesn't give a person an excuse but it, it, it lets you know where the trauma originated. I'm going back to the video that you sent me uh, the other day. I think it was like Wednesday. Um, how a father's validation impacts our mental health. Okay. Um, that was uh, King Jared, King Jay Barnett on mm-hmm. the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. That was very deep, and he mm-hmm. was talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, also Charlemagne the God talking about the good sister. Dr. Reed, Rita Walker, about the importance of schizophrenia and paranoia awareness. It seems like uh, Tyler Terry is experiencing some extreme conditions of paranoia and schizophrenic behavior that is making him uh, triggering his violence. I'm, and I'm, that I'm, has never been treated. I'm, 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 bro. Sometimes I send those things. I almost forget that I send them to you. Um, <laughs> but it, it, but when I watch them, sometimes they trigger think a thought process in my mind that I think that you would appreciate. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I'm appreciative that you were able to um, get something from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but secondly, I'll say that yeah, um, in listening to the brother speak. And talking about the impact of fatherhood, you know, and what it did or did not do for him. And one of the things I thought that he said that was key was he said that many uh, of us that grew up without fathers, we are looking, uh, you know, um, for validation of fatherhood or manhood. Mm. And if we play sports, a lot of times we'll find that in our coach. Mm. Right. And he said he and, and so in being able to find that in his coach coaches growing up what he found very problematic is when he didn't have a coach or when he didn't have a father put um example that he would find himself you know off the record you know kind of like you you know like looking to be validated looking for some type of value right and i thought that was interesting because um you know i know for me um you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too deep. I don't know, 
but but I I, I often I don't, I, I don't know, but I I I do remember feeling a certain way mm-hmm. growing up and not knowing who my father was. Particularly, what was weird uh, for me was like I grew up in a household like you know um, my brother and my cousins, and everybody in the house knew who their father was except me. Wow. Right. And I thought that was weird, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I don't know how I felt about that, but it was a um, it, it was a very lonely feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, even though my one of my cousins, my, my oldest cousin um, that lived in New York, mm-hmm. you know, when he passed away, uh, even though he uh, didn't get a chance to spend time with his father because his father died in the Vietnam War, he what at least a- knew who his father was. Right. And. His grandma, his his uh, father's mom was very instrumental in his life, and mm-hmm. um, like spoiled him to death. Um, you know, um, he spent uh, every summer like in New York, um, and then when they weren't in New York, they were traveling to Japan and all these other different places. You know, as a very young person, he was having all those, those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, my biological brother. His father would come get him, and he would spend weekends and time, you know, wow. with his father. And my my other cousin, you know, you know, knowing who her father was, she knew who all her cousins and all that stuff was. I, on the other hand, I didn't know nothing, right? right. So outside of my mom, that's all I knew. And then having that um, dysfunctional relationship with her, right. I felt very disconnected growing up. And I felt very much alone. Like, mm. oh, where, like, where do I fit in this picture here? Like, right. it's very, very weird for me. So, um, so, so, in in thinking about what the brother was saying, um, I, I, I don't know. I think for myself, I, what I, what I attempted to do, and I don't know why I did it, but anyway, what I attempted to do was create a narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, like I, I just started creating uh, this picture of me that I wanted everybody else to see because I didn't want them to see my hurt. Wow. Right. So I, you know, I, I became a very, you know, tough guy, or, um, you know, I was, I, I was something else, mm. you know, but I was something that you didn't want to mess with. I right. was somebody that was going, <laughs> you know, if if you did mess with me, I was going to fight you to the end. <laughs> I, you know. So I, I became something because I knew internally, you know, I was very vulnerable. I was very hurt. Right. And that's not what that's not the side of me that I wanted people to see. So right. I created a strong exterior so that people couldn't get to my interior. Right. Which may make it difficult for you to even try to uh, have uh, casual conversations with people. Well, it 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 does. If I see it as shallow and superficial, <laughs> like, 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 I can read you early on. If I, when I'm having a conversation with you, and I think, like, oh, this dude's a bullshit. You know, <laughs> this dude is, you know, me, me, you know, I, I, I can just see that I read it early, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you know, and because I was a street person, street people they become, um, animalistic, right? And what I mean mm-hmm. by animalistic is they go into you know, survival mode. Yeah, and, and 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 we start to smell people and sniff out people, mm-hmm. right? So we can, we you know, when we talk to, we can see weaknesses in you, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so when it's time to make a move, we've already sized you up. We've already, <laughs> you know, because we because we've been talking to you, and you wasn't looking at us. You wasn't looking at me like I was looking at you. Right. Because I was reading you, and I was reading <laughs> your weaknesses. I've already peeped them. You know, you you hadn't peeped anything about me because I purposely did not give you anything. Right. You know, but you didn't know that because you were just so trying to show me who you are. Mm-hmm. And I was taking it all in. Mm. We you know? are talking about um, absentee father. Um, I don't know if it's as critical as a mother, but it can be certainly more damaging than not having a mother because it, it leaves an emptiness that has to be filled and that that void has to be filled with something. And it can turn out to be very negative very early on in life and it's hard to get out of that trap. Um, hopefully, Tyler Terry gets the help he needs, but the way that this system and this government works, he's already been a victim since he was at least his old. And uh, there may he's, be no he's, help for him. He, he's done, bro. Right. I saw that I saw that video and you asked me what was wrong. I said, I looked at mm. I didn't even respond. I looked at the video and said, Oh, he just got a blank stare after look, killing four people. It wasn't even blank, bro. But I could hear the, I could see the voices in his head. Right. I could see the internal stimuli. Right. I could see him looking around, you know, and, and I was just, you know, observing his behavior, mm. you know, and, and that's not normal behavior. It's, it's very abnormal behavior, but, but psychologically, bro, he, right. he, he's doomed. And where he's going is only going to add to his, his right. doom. Because exactly. they, they're going to, I mean, he's literally going to be thrown away. Mm-hmm. And that's so unfortunate. Um, yeah. I'm glad you were able to swim out of that um, void that you were in because very few people get to escape. It. I'm but still swimming. Are... I'm still swimming, bro. Indeed, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Land is not nowhere near close. <laughs> you have to keep swimming. Uh, I think that's the point we want to get across to our audience in the first section. We are at the 30-minute mark, and we're talking about um, manhood, fatherhood, and psychological development. And uh, we'll be right back after these messages in DF and Universe. Peace. Peace to the God. Peace to the Universe. In DFN Universe, uh, Black Power Thinking, Black Psychology, and a Little Dark Humor. Uh, we left off with um, talking our manhood during our childhood development and um, how that can easily go. Um, the part that... Um, I'd like to focus on now, just for a few moments, is how that is different for a white person growing up, a white male, um, because they're going to get the um, 
psychological help than he, for the most part, or at least end up in the military where that type of craziness is awarded and rewarded. Uh, you can kill all if you want in the U.S. Army. Um, you can be psychologically unstable to a degree. Um, as long as you don't kill other soldiers, um, you you find a, a way to vent out that um, disturbing childhood development. Um, so, um, and if you're rich and you're white, um, they're at least going to keep you in psychiatric institutions with a view of the ocean and gardens and tulips. Uh, you won't be spending it in juvenile detention, which will eventually turn into state prison. So um, I just wanted to compare and con contrast the way that uh, disturbing psychological development in childhood turns out for black people and uh, white people. Your thoughts? Well, I think it's different because America was really designed for the white man to be successful. Mm. So um, what's interesting about it is the because the country was designed for white men to be successful, um, intelligence was not a thing that was required for white men <laughs> in this country historically, right? Mm. So you had the dumbest white people that came to this country and that were born and raised in this country <laughs> that were as ignorant as ignorance could be, but because they were white, they they just got a pass. And right? Yep. right. And and so you you were you were uh, intelligent or intellectually um, um, privileged because you were white, hmm. right? In in this country, because the country was designed for white people to be successful, so they got passes, you know, all throughout their life historically in in America. So you had the opportunity if you were white to to grow up and have a dream. Right, hmm. that you could really manifest, and 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 um, not only have a dream that you could manifest, but you could you could have a dream that was not not going to be biased or not going to be impeded because of the color of your skin. Hmm. Right, you you were if you were born white at a certain time in this country, by default because you were born white in this country, you were going to have that opportunity. So if you said I want to own a business. I want to start a family. I want to do this. I want, I want to do these certain things. If you were a white male, by default in this country, you got a fair opportunity to do that. Whereas anybody else, even a white woman, didn't have that opportunity. A black man didn't have that opportunity. A black woman didn't have that opportunity. So you didn't have the luxury of growing up in America historically and saying, I want to be a business owner. Mm. You, even if... but. And not to say that you couldn't have the dream, but if you had the dream, you knew the obstacles that you were going to face in doing that. Mm. Right? I want to start a record company 
I want to start a, 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 a manufacturing company, you know, a clothing company. I want to do a, a restaurant. You weren't, if you were a white male growing up in America, you did not have those same barriers that a white man in America was going to have. If you wanted to go to college, if you wanted, if if you wanted, to, if you didn't want to go to college. You wanted to bypass college and open up um, a manufacturing company, you know, mm-hmm. industrial company. You you had the freedom to be able to do that. You could go and get a loan. If right. you said you if, if you said you want to build a house for your family, you could go and do that. If you said you wanted to buy land and start a a, a, a tree farming country, you mm-hmm. a, a a tree um farm you could do that right if you said you wanted to go move out west move wherever in this country you had the luxury and the freedom to be able to do that but if you were a black person you didn't have the luxury to do that not Hmm. without facing the racial boundaries right right? the racial barriers that came with that so even if you were going to do it you were going to be the exception and not the rule You weren't going to go buy a home any place in America that you wanted to. And you still can't. Not without facing racial barriers. And that that is where racism is implied more than it is um, something um, tangible. Even in the implication that if I wanted to do this, here are the obstacles. Like some black... um, entrepreneurs would say well um, we need to stand up because there's no racism there's nothing stopping you but your um, psychology and I I think they are not um, looking at the situation properly no emphatically they're not you know Mm -hmm. if if you say let me go to this I want to go to this um, uh, public white institution or this private white institution. Mm-hmm. Man, you got to meet all these criteria to go there, right? Mm-hmm. If you say you want to get this certain job, let's say you, you know, you're good with um, w- w- even what we do with this podcast. So you want to do something in IT. Mm-hmm. IT is going to create all these barriers to say, well, mm-hmm. do you have a criminal record? Do you have mm-hmm. a college degree? Mm-hmm. Do you have X, Y? Mm-hmm. You have that certification. You know, it's going to create all these barriers. Whereas historically, the reason why white men were able to advance the way they were advanced because they didn't have those barriers. All you mm-hmm. had to do was just be white and be mm-hmm. a male. Mm-hmm. If you were white and you were a male, you got opportunities nobody, nobody else in America had. That's right. If you said you wanted to start a football team, start a football mm-hmm. league, you could do that if you were white in mm-hmm. America. Right, baseball league. So the reason that the advantages that white people have historically in this country is because they had advantages that nobody else had. So when you look at football, baseball, basketball, the reason why there all these things are owned by white people is white people got the opportunity and the freedoms that nobody else had to be able to do that. Right, the freedom to exercise that opportunity. Right, And, and and when you have those opportunities to do that. Then what you can not only do, not only do you seize the moment, but you can block out other people. Mm. 
And that's why it was so hard for other people to come in because they were only allowing people that looked like them to come in. And so, so, so when they talk about a glass ceiling, right? They talk about a glass ceiling and everything. I don't care if it's work, politics, education. Historically, all of, the reason why when you look back at politics and education and business, and you look at in America, all these white people, it's because only white people were the only people that were allowed to do these things. And that's mm-hmm. why you see white men historically, you know, have been the, the forerunners of all these things because they were the only people given the opportunity to do them. Right. Yeah, I, I, not, I, that's where lazy. Exactly. Because you were, you, it, it had nothing to do with being like, come on, dude, we built the country. You know, we were the freaking and slaves. There's no such thing as a lazy slave. It in a book, like, um, well, how come black people didn't do this? And how come white people did this and black people couldn't do it? Because they you were prevented from doing it. Right. And that's not in your history books. Uh, we were talking uh, last couple of podcasts about critical race theory and how the Republican Party doesn't want this type of learning that we're discussing now that is not in the history books uh, to be put into not only uh, public schools, they don't want it in the universities, institutions of higher learning because they say it's divisive uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do mm. tonight. I'm announcing this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna hope I can beat Dr. Umar Johnson to this. But when <laughs> I um my studies, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna come back mm-hmm. and and we're gonna go into this critical race theory, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna see if I can if I can create. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you said critical race theory is already out there. Somebody's already created it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, then that means I can't create it. Um, but I'm going to try to go back and create a theory. Mm-hmm. And since critical race theory is already out there, I'm writing this down, critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> critical race theory. But I'm going to go back and create a theory. Mm-hmm. And people are going to be able to go and quote my theory. Like they mm-hmm. can, like they can quote um, Sigmund Freud, mm-hmm. Adler, Young, Eric mm-hmm. Erickson. I'm going to create a theory, and I think you and I, when we first started this podcast, that was another conversation that we were having. And I think right. it was um, uh, the guy was breaking down. I don't know, was it hood? Was it a hood theory, or something like that? <laughs> but he, he he had these steps where he was talking about. Um, uh, whether or not you were a gangster, whether or not you was hood or something like right. that. Um, right. But we can go back to that later. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to our archives. Uh, but um, I'm going to I'm going to create a theory, bro. And I'm going to write about it, right? And I'm going to publish it. Mm-hmm. And when I write about it and, and publish it, I'll put you in there. Um, Thank you, sir. <laughs> and and um, I'll, 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 but I might have to put you in there as like a um, <laughs> I I figure out a way to put you in there. Um, but I, I anyway, I, I'll make sure I give kudos to you, you and I, in, in the conversation that we had. Yes, um, because um, I don't know if they would want to make an argument whether or not you had to be 
credential or not. Um, right. And because if, I, if if it has to be, I want you to have the theory rather than my honorable mention. <laughs> are you going to get an honorable mention? Believe that. <laughs> I will make sure I get that in there. Um, I'd, I'd rather have the theory um, than the, it mess up your, your um, putting it out. That's what I was saying. Oh, bro, trust me, bro. We're, we're two intelligent people. We, I, we put our creative geniuses together to to make sure that it happens. I, I've I've read enough books. I've read enough uh, 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 peer reviewed scholarly mm-hmm. information. So I will. I uh, trust me. I know how to do it. <laughs> I, I know how to do it, bro. And I trust that you will do it. Yep. That's one thing you're determined. Um... <laughs> We are at the um, 13 minute mark. It's 3.34 a.m. You are in DFM Universe. Um, critical black power thinking and black psychology in a little document. Um, this is Memorial Weekend, brother. Grab a couple of shots. And have a barbecue on me. Speaking of these um, crazy white folks that get into the military, and they know how they know how to kill, brother. And, and they look forward to it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and this is one of the holidays where they get to celebrate how effective they are at killing. Interesting because in, in psychology, I think that not I think there's a um, self defense mechanism called uh, I think it's sublimation, hmm. and in and in sublimation, what sublimation is, um, so defense mechanism. So there's suppression, where you intentionally suppress something, repression where you unconsciously repress something because it's it, it's very traumatizing, so you repress it. Is in the unconscious denial, projection, but then there's one called sublimation, right? Mm-hmm. And then sublimation, sublimation is what you like to do, but you know it's not socially acceptable. So mm-hmm. you choose a career, right? Or you choose a profession that makes it accept- acceptable for you to do. Wow. So let's say you like to kill, or you like to fight, or you like to hurt somebody, so you mm-hmm. become a wrestler. Right, or you become a police officer, police officer. <laughs> you know, or you become um, something that allows you to manifest. Right, right. So it allows you to manifest this desire that you really like to do. Mm. So that's psychological, right? Mm. And it, and it, and it's something that your brain allows you to do. So mm. one of the reasons why you see police officers. Killing the people, killing people the way they kill people, is people don't understand that part of what they might be doing is sublimation. They may actually like to kill people, right? But they have a justifiable career or job opportunity that allows them to do that. Mm-hmm. So you might like to beat up people, or hurt people, so you become a boxer. Mm-hmm. Sub, that's sub, that's called sublimation. Right. So, see, if you listen to the podcast, you might actually learn something. Hmm. <laughs> indeed, indeed. 
That's the one thing that we can uh, market <clears throat> is that we are here not to teach you, but to have a conversation that we all learn from. But I'm sorry to cut you off, bro. You were saying something? No, I was just um, reminiscing on the um, Memorial Day. Yeah. We, were, we had started this segment off with uh, racism and how it applies or does not apply and what is implied by things that are in the history books. Um, you're not going to see them in the history books, but the disparity that has grown in um, black um, opportunity and um, black success because we have a lot of success, successful black people but they too would, would like to ignore how this thing is growing and the disparity between uh, rich and poor, black and white, is increasing rather than being addressed. Yeah, bro, we live in we live in a world in America called capitalism. Mm. It's not it, capitalism is not designed for everybody to make it. Mm. And I think that um, where we run into the problem, you know, in terms of our understanding of things, is you know. In America, people talk about the government and the government being on their neck and the government being this and the government being that and people keeping secrets and the Illuminati. You know, I, you know, I just don't fall afraid of that because mm. it, it doesn't make sense to me because what makes sense is why are you thinking that the government is going to give you answers? Mm. Why Why are you thinking that the government is going to help you hmm. why you why you you you're, you're saying things that are, you, you you're saying it in a conspiratory way like hmm. the government is against you you know like you're teaching people something no the government is against you hmm. <laughs> you know no the government is not working for you hmm. you know it's so to me it's like why are who taught you that the government was for you? Right. Who 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 taught you that you know that these things are, are out to help you? Where did that come from? Mm. So so my thought is you your thoughts are irrational. So mm. then that goes psychologically to um, Albert Ellis and his REBT rational emotive behavior therapy, in that he said. I think I've, I've said this to you before, that his whole premise, his whole argument was irrational thoughts. He said, well, you think irrational, and that's why you have the consequences that you have. He said, you think that you need love. You think that someone is supposed to love you. Mm -hmm. That's a, He said, that's an irrational thought. He said, because you're telling yourself that, and because you're not receiving that, then you're feeling that way because you think irrational. That's, mm. He said that's not a rational thought. He said you you think you need love. You don't need <laughs> love. You just think you need love. Mm. He said you you. He said you should remove 
the shoulds and the must, you know, and all those different words from your vocabulary. Right. He said, because in you using those words, you're forcing your you're you're forcing your um your your authority on other people. You're telling other people what they should do. And and he said, that's what's wrong. Because mm-hmm. now you're becoming the authority on other people. That you that you are asking of them, you're telling them that they need to be X, Y, and Z. He mm-hmm. said, so the way you're thinking about it is wrong. If you don't, he said, if you don't approach it, like my wife said, I was X, Y, and Z, and my wife shouldn't talk to me that way, or you know, uh, or. Um, people should say hi when they see me. He said, you're <laughs> forcing you're forcing your way of thinking on other people. And that's why you have the problems that you're having. Right? So he said, you should change that irrational thought. He said, that's not a rational thought. He said, nobody's obligated to say hi to you. Nobody's obligated to say I love you. Nobody's obligated to treat you the way you think you need to be treated. Right. That and then again, this is this is uh, Ellis in a way that Ellis thought, right? And so again, his theory is rational, emotive behavior therapy. He said, if you change the way you think about those irrational thoughts, then you get a different. Then you can see the world differently. But most people, most most people can't. Most people want because they think, again, you know, the government. If we have a government, the government should be helping people. If we have a government, you know, then government should be giving us this, the government should be giving us that. Or we have a media, why is the media lying to me? And I, when I hear people talk like that, I just always be thinking like, why do you feel like it's obligated to tell you the truth? <laughs> I don't, I, I so, so in, in those instances, I, I agree with Ellis, like, you know, like, I almost feel like people just naturally want to be lazy. Like they think someone is supposed to give them something. Like, why do you feel like, you know, the media is supposed to give you, you know, true uh, information about the coronavirus? Basically, we, we just need to understand and make alternative movements. Um, rather than think that the government is supposed to do this and that. Um, I would like to give um, respect and um, thank the troops for their service, the military, although you have not been correct in your political uh, pursuits we uh, do respect the uh, personnel in the different military sections of the United States. At least I do. And we're at the 24-minute mark, and uh, we have to end this segment. I'll give you the last word, brother. Yeah, so no, um, you know, hats off um, to the troops 
particularly to and I, and and if I'm not correct, I think particularly to the African American troops. I think one of the reasons why we have Memorial Day mm. is because of the sacrifice that African American troops have made to this mm. to this country. Um, and I'm talking about going back as far as the American War. We right. have fought, and we have been uh, instrumental in every war that this country has ever faced. Right. And we have faced more segregation, um, more racial barriers than any, any, any other race of people in this country, historically. Mm. So um, hats off to um, all of my fraternal and Masonic brothers uh, and unmasonic maternal I'm sorry, not maternal, uh, unmasonic, uh, un, uh, fraternal brothers and sisters who have participated in, in this war, I mean, in this uh, military system. Yes, sir. And uh, peace to the universe. Peace to the God. Assalamu alaikum. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. We are back. We are back. 3.50 a.m. in the effing universe. We were talking about um, um, childhood development, manhood, and we got off into a conversation of the racial system, uh, the system of um, economics and uh, how this system is going to place you on one side or the other and how um, there's a certain type of sublimation that makes one side criminal and the other side um, military or police or even fighting sports entertainment. Um, But they seem to come up from that same root or shoot of this um, childhood development and how it's going to profit you or ruin your life permanently. No, I yeah, I think what I was saying though, in terms of sublim, sub, sub, sublimation, 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 is that you recognize that you have um a desire to do a certain thing but you realize that it is socially unacceptable to do it so you might find yourself let's say you like to cut you like to cut or you like to cut people so you find yourself going into a field where you're a doctor yes sir right or you find yourself um in a field of liking to beat up people or fight people. So you become a boxer or wrestler. Yes, sir. The, I was saying psychologically, those are self-defense mechanisms right. that um, protect you from doing things that you know might be wrong. Right? Okay. And and so you get into a field that will allow you to be um, social, socially and morally acceptable in doing it. Right, and I was just saying from Is a psychological between um, that type of um, 
opportunity and the opportunity for like a, a Tyler Terry who has this pension for Heck no. violence. I, I, no, I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah. I, I, no. Well, let me I, finish the point first. Okay. Right. The, the point is not that it justifies or in any way is about um, ethics or um, what's morally right. But from the same shoot, both of these type of inclinations of shooting from the same root, one goes into the military and one is apprehended by police. I don't think it's the same shoot. No, why not? Because psychologically, um, a person that... See, I don't think that the Tyler, Tyler guy... I don't think that that's what he um, likes to do or wants to do. I think that he, what he did was psychologically, not what he wanted to do, but psychologically, what he didn't have control of doing. Right, but let's because, say he did have control. Um, but if he, it, no, it but, be hold on, wouldn't it be advantageous for him to get into like the military or? Uh, well, if, in, into fighting where he can control but those if he, impulses in a in a way where he profits from it. Yeah, but if he that's the problem. That's the difference in this in the psychology. Right. The psychology is that if he were in control, then he would not have done that. Right. If he but but, the different the difference then, then the, hold, that, hold, 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 hold one fast hold one, one fast. The difference psychologically is your defense mechanisms protect you. Right. In his situation, his psychological defense mechanism didn't protect him. Right. So the difference is, if his if he was psychologically stable, then he would not have done those things. Right. right? Psychologically, and wouldn't wouldn't sublimation help with that stability, psychological stability? So yeah. So 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 my point is, psychologically, if if he felt those feelings, he would be intact with them, and no that I can't do these things so he wouldn't do them. And instead, he would make a conscious decision to do something else. But when you aren't psychologically intact, you don't have any control. Right? right. So you aren't doing things based on a self-defense mechanism at all. You're doing you're doing something psychologically that you have no control over. So you could not want to do these things at all. But psychologically, you're doing you're doing these things that you don't even want to do, so that's the mental breakdown in between the two, because mm-hmm. your the, the defense mechanisms are set up to de- to protect you from doing things that are harmful or doing things that are uh, going to cause you anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. So your defense mechanisms are healthy in a way that that they're protecting you, but when you have a psychological breakdown, that's the complete opposite. You right. have you have absolutely no control. You don't you don't want right. to do those. You don't want to do those things. Like right. whether it's suicide or homicide or what you know whatever. You're, you you don't have any control over what your brain is telling you to do. Your brain is telling you to do things that you don't want to do. Right. So you're going to hurt yourself or you're going to hurt somebody somebody right. else, not because you want to, but because the voices in your head are telling you to do that. So you don't have a defense mechanism at that point, right? Is you're in in fact, 
everything is working against you at that point. Your brain and, and everything else is working against you. It's not telling you to do things because let's say that you um, that, that and there's a defense mechanism for this, right? Mm-hmm. Where you um, you're helping people in a nursing home, or you're helping people that are sick, but in actuality, you really want them to die. I think mm-hmm. that's called reaction formation, mm-hmm. right? So, but you're doing things. Munchausen's disease, uh, not, not disease. Um, Munchausen's syndrome. I'm not familiar with that. <clears throat> that's where the nurses and doctors that were um, treating patients, but really were actually killing them, thinking that they were um, pulling putting them out of their mercy at least that that's one of the the excuses they gave for why they killed so many patients they purposely killed the people gave them wrong medications purposely for them to die and it's called munchausen syndrome syndrome okay so that's different now because what i'm talking about is you're not actually killing people you just you're you're doing things where or you're in a position where you you're trying to help people, but in actuality, you want them to not be helped. But you want now you want but you aren't going to actually kill them. But you you might just be in your mind wishing that they were dead. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna there, there's no um, physical action that you're contributing that's going to make them die. You just, you know, in your mind, you feel like, oh, wow, I wish this person, <clears throat> you know, I'm helping them, but Jesus, I wish that they would, you know, not be here. But you mm-hmm. you don't actually do anything to implement that. Mm-hmm. So in, in the case that you were asking about with the guy, um, I think it's case, case um, Clearly, seems a case of um, schizophrenia or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that guy um, psychologically is stable at all, right. and I don't I know that, um, that anything that he did. Um, uh, it, but it, it sounds like he had a lot of trauma in his life, um, because I understand that uh, he was homeless. He had been mm-hmm. living in the he had been living in the woods, so psychologically, he could have I, I don't know, but the, the, he could have taken on a many things. What it sounds right. like to me, you know, you know, there it seems like he could have saw himself as many different things. Right. Like at times he could have saw himself as an animal, could have saw himself as a, you know, I mean, they said at at times month, months at a time he lived he he was able to survive because he lived in the in, in, in woods. the woods. Yeah. You know, and so his girlfriend lived there with Yeah. So psychologically, <laughs> bro, that's not it's normal. No. Yeah. So um seeing that, you know, and living that every day, I can't imagine what they were doing. They didn't have a toilet. You know, um now uh ironically soldiers have to live that lifestyle. But yeah. they have more control over. Uh, Why well, not necessarily? 
That's why a lot of them come back and they the way that they are. Hmm. Yeah, you don't think they're from the same shoe? <laughs> no, but no, but what I'm saying is, what did, when the soldiers go out into that uh, arena, that's not something that they naturally adapt to. So they have a, a lot of them have a psychological breakdown. So right. while and and when they do have that breakdown. And when they come back, that's why they aren't mentally stable. Right. And that's why they have what we call PTSD. Right. Because so it's just a, a little just a little twitch and things could go right or wrong. Well, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right or wrong. I just think that um I don't think anybody comes back from a situation like that normal. I'll put it to you this way. Your situation could have turned out really bad but you learn to swim psychologically mentally um, emotionally or something in you taught you to swim instead of being consumed I don't know bro I I don't know and the reason why I say I don't know is because I I, bro bro, I'm a work in progress Right. I don't I, I don't know what it looks like on the outside to other people, but I know what it looks like on the inside to me. Right. And and I'm a work in progress, bro. I right. You, you, you know have to control it every day. Every day. So that's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying I'm like a soldier from war. You, you know, go. it's not a normal thing. You know, somebody you might go. be looking at the soldier and they, they are looking at him and they're saying, Oh, he looks like he's got it together, right? Right. But they don't know what his inner acting is in the home and right. with his wife and with his kids, right. you know. But you know, I'm just a. For me, like I'm transparent in my home, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 able to say, hey, I ain't got it together today, or hey, right. you know, um, you know, I feel like this or I feel like that because at this point, for me, you know, like I like my kids and my wife and everybody to know that. Hey, I I don't have it together. Right. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to act like I got it together. And so right. some somebody else looking in could easily be like, oh, that brother went through X, Y, and Z, he's fixed. I'm saying I'm not. Right. I, I'm saying I constantly work on it every day. Right. You know, I'm constantly like, you know, man, you know, I'm I'm feeling a certain way. Or I or I'm constantly challenging my thoughts, validating my thoughts in my head. Like, you know, when I feel paranoid, why mm-hmm. am I feeling paranoid? Questioning myself about what am I feeling paranoid? Why do I feel paranoid about this? You know, why am I thinking this thought? You know, why am I, you know, wanting to react this way? You know, oh, wow, here's the consequence for that. I never used to think like that. I I never cared about the consequence. Right. You 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 would get in my way. All you was was is is was in my way, and I'm going to remove that. Right. Regardless of the consequence. Right. But I I, I can't think like that now. You know exactly. the, the, the 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 more I become, um, not necessarily educated, but the more I become responsible for my actions, the more there's a different response for my actions. Right. Right. So that's the difference. So it's not like 
um, oh, there's a recipe that if you do X, Y, and Z, you got it. I don't, I, I'm not there. I don't have it. Right. You know, I, I am just working through it. And it's, and it's a process every day. Well, in the difference, there is a process. Um, hopefully, this conversation helps someone to see there is a process. And, and if I can say anything about the process, people, please, please, please stop looking for the pill to save you. Please stop looking for the easy answer. Mm-hmm. That is the that is the most frustrating part, I think, of whatever I do in mental health. Mm-hmm. People, people just want to be fixed overnight. Mm-hmm. That is so frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. If not the most frustrating thing, is people want to give you their problem and say, fix this. Or they want to give you their kid, they want to give you their wife, they want to give you their husband, they want to give you themselves and say, oh, fix me. Like, Jesus Christ. That is a problem in and of itself. <laughs> that That is the biggest problem is you don't want to do the work. Part of the reason why you're in the, 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 the situation you're in is because you don't want to do the work. <laughs> that the work is the hardest part of everything. Change exactly. is change is the hardest thing of all. It is the hardest thing of all. But I, I, I but I implore you to stop looking at it like that. I implore you to look at change as your opportunity to grow. It's like a fat person that doesn't want to work out. It's like, man, mm-hmm. stop stop coming to the gym if you don't want to work out. Mm-hmm. Stop coming to the therapist if you don't want to do the work. Hmm. It doesn't make sense and it's not going to work. It is a recipe for disaster. You're going to make yourself feel worse. If you go to the gym and you don't do anything, you're going to feel worse when you leave there. Hmm. If you go to the therapist and you lie, you're going to feel worse when you leave there. Be ready and willing to do the work. Hmm. You know, if you and I having a conversation, you say, brother, how did you get to the point of coming from the project, coming from food stamp, coming from welfare, going to jail, getting locked up? How did you get there? And I said, man, I went to college, spent four years here. I spent eight years here. I spent X, Y, Z years here. And you say, shit, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, it's a process, bro. I didn't, I, I did, it didn't happen overnight. Right. It did not happen overnight. I've been working, 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 working. And you haven't stopped working. Right. So that's my point. So if someone is saying, well, brother, just give me the simple answer. Man, what? (laughs) There's no simple answer, bro. Right. You know, I I have been working. I am still working on me. Indeed. You know, and if you're not willing to do the work, it's like, you want you can't be serious. You can't you can't want me to have done all the work that I've done and doing and then mm-hmm. tell you, oh, take this pill, take the blue pill. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Wake up tomorrow, you'll be an engineer. Mm-hmm. It's not that's not realistic. It's the mental fight we have to have with 
ourselves every day, no matter who you are, what position you're in. If you don't fight for it every day, you could lose it. And you will. Mm. It's like, um, I remember growing up in Islam, they used to tell me um, when I first started learning Arabic, mm. you know, the Bismillah, Azubillah, Himanah, Shaitan, and Razim, or the um, the Fataha, or the, um, uh, there's so many different prayers. Um, uh, but in learning all those different things, uh, learn uh, taking the Shahada, giving the Shahada, and 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 like the and learning all of those different things, right? Mm-hmm. I remember him saying, if you don't pray, and learning to pray five times a day, but in but in learning to pray five times a day, you had to learn like five, six, seven, eight different prayers. You know, mm-hmm. for the for the rockets that you had to do, and all that stuff, and then learning the meaning of, of all that. But I remember them saying that um, I remember my iman teaching me that even when you learn this, as much time as it takes for you to learn this, if you don't practice it, you're gonna lose it. Mm. You're not. You, you, if you don't make a lot five times a day. Every day, if you don't do it, a lot he used to say, Allah, Allah will take it away from you. <laughs> um, and I don't know if Allah takes it away from you, but I think the reality is reality takes it away from you. If you don't practice what you preach, you're just not gonna have it. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I, I know the same thing about the gym. The days that I don't go and make excuses does not make it any easier to get up the next day and find a way to get there despite my excuses. It's going to be taken away. The more excuses I don't make a prayer or make an exercise or make a change in my life every day, it's going to be taken away. Yeah, bro. There's no, there's no mystery, God. Hmm. Indeed. Uh, we are at the 21 minute mark, and this was our last segment for today. Uh, will you join me tomorrow, brother? Inshallah. Inshallah. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night when we plan to take over the world on Memorial Day. <laughs> Um, any last uh, words? No, bro. I think um, I think we started off talking about childhood development, and I just want to say, bro, um, childhood development is so critical, mm-hmm. which might um, have something to do with the, the theory that uh, we might want to um, create. Um, but so much of our childhood development um, impacts who we are as adults. Right. And it's unfortunate that 
you know, our kids suffer because of our childhood or lack of childhood development. Hmm. Very yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, and, and so I, and I think, um, I mean, they call it generational curses, mm-hmm. but I, I think that um, the way that we develop as children, I think that while we're having this conversation now, right, um, but if during our childhood, if at any point we could have been responsible enough to know, wow, um, what I'm doing right now is going to impact my child. What I'm going to do right now is going to impact me five to ten years from now. I think maybe we would have made a different decision, mm. but um, because we don't know, I think that what we do know now as parents is to do something different with our children, right? Or at least try to do something different with our children. Um, the unfortunate thing is, the unfortunate thing is, we have a very very small window. To impact our children. Mm. Indeed. And if we have not impacted them in the time that they should have been impacted, we lose that. Right. You know, and it's almost like we lose it for a lifetime. So we have a very short window, and it's unfortunate no one teaches us this. Mm. But I do know for myself is that when I was a child and when I felt like I lost respect for my mom, I felt like I lost respect for all authority because I felt like one, I didn't, I didn't have a dad. So all I knew was, was a mom. And then when I felt like I didn't have her, I felt like I didn't have anything. Wow. And so I, I remember feeling like if my mom is my highest authority of respect and I can't respect her, I'm not going to respect any authority. <laughs> and that was a dangerous recipe wow. for a teenager. Indeed. And so I became a very dangerous teenager at that age. Wow. That's unfortunate. But you bounce back, brother. And it's a fight that we have to have every day. Um, well, I want every... <laughs> right. I want everybody to be balanced for this Memorial Day. Don't party too much. And uh, stay safe out there. We'll be back tomorrow night for another episode. Of DF and Universe and Black Power Thinking, Black Psychology, and a little dark humor. Peace to the universe. Peace to God.